This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. For a little while now, we've been looking at some big texts of Scripture, just meaning those things that give us a a big view of God, a, a helpful understanding of ourselves, and then we've been trying to then take those and say, well, okay, how does this help us as we approach the the new year that's before us? And so if you've missed any of those, please go back and, and listen to those podcasts. Today we are going to spend our last day looking at big texts, and we find ourselves once again in an epistle of Paul, and we are looking at 1 Corinthians 2, and I think Vinny's going to read for us. We go, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1 through 5 from the Christian Standard Bible. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, announcing the mystery of God to you, I did not come with brilliance of speech or wisdom. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not be based on human wisdom, but on God's power." Before we get to the text and, and use the lens that we've been using, I, I'm just curious. I, I guess I don't know the answer to this. Have any of you guys actually preached through First or Second Corinthians? I've preached through First Corinthians. Actually, this particular text was probably this was one of the first texts I ever preached in going to a church. Hmm. And, and you know, and, and you know, for us this year as we're starting a new year, uh, you know, this is of all the texts that we've chosen. This is the first one with a resolution in it. Hmm. I decided mm-hmm. to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You know, so this is a this is a great text. Uh, you know, in a day when people make New Year's resolutions. Somebody said that only 8% of us keep those. Um, Wouldn't it be great to keep this one, to know just Jesus Christ? (laughs) Yep. Um, Mm -hmm. About 12 years ago, my mentor was uh, leading our church to go help replant the church. And so we preached through 1 Corinthians together in kind of the final six months. And this was uh, one of my kind of unique experiences preaching as a new lead pastor and figuring Mm. out how to to put sermons together instead of just one-offs. And then when I arrived here at Valley Life, 1 Corinthians 2.2 was the verse I continually used through my interviews with the elders and on my installation Sunday, just said, this is my commitment to you. This is all I have for you. I'm going to preach the same sermon each and every week. We're going to get to Jesus, and this is all I have to give you. There's There's nothing special about me arriving here other than being Christ among you. I have not preached through it yet. I have not. I've often wondered about it just because – you, you have this sentiment that's out there of, oh, I wish that the churches today would be like the first century churches. Whoops. Mm. <clears throat> and I often want to just follow up with that and say, which, which one? one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah. really want to be like the church at Corinth? Yeah. I know. Well, Let me choose Ephesians. Let me choose <laughs> Ephesus. But yeah, the, sure. 
It's true. This is a church that was troubled. This is a church that had divisions. This is a church that had discipline problems, and uh, you know they got everything wrong. They got they got they, they made heroes out of uh, certain pastors. I'm of Paul. I'm of, of Apollos. They 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 get they get the Lord's Supper wrong, you know, mm-hmm. and and so all the way through, it's very instructive, you know, in in that sense. Uh, you you're able to, and you know, with all those different problems, what you see is Paul just keeps coming back to Christ, yep. uh, you know, the, you know, the, as the answer to those things. Well, and I think this is just helpful to just have this understanding that the great message and theme of Corinthians as far as what does, do we learn about us mm-hmm. is that we are sinners, mm-hmm. and Christians have messy lives too. And I think there's this weird sentiment that that Christians have their their whole life together, and well, if you go to church, everything's going to be great. And I'm like, what would make you think that? I mean, I think church is great, but it's full of sin it's because full it's of, full of sinners. Yeah, the, it's the only is, one that the only kind of people God works with is sinners. It's the only ones that He have. We are all born in it. And uh, you know we're all being transformed from one degree of glory into another. I mean we're we're I mean, works in is, progress. We're all works in progress, and we won't be finished. And you know we were talking about that when we went through Romans until we are actually glorified before Him. Mm-hmm. We're we're not only is uh, sin the guilt of sin removed, but the presence of sin is removed. Josh Bales used to always <clears throat> say to in their new members class when they're they're oh, bringing yeah. people into the church. Hey, if we haven't. If we haven't disappointed to you yet, just give us more time. Yeah, mm-hmm. we will. It's not whether we will or not. Yep. We will because yeah, we're sinners. People have a picture of the church or even the world puts it on the church of it's almost like a resort where everything's perfect and provided for you. But really it's more of it's a trauma ward where you have a bunch of people that are in pain and misery and suffering and we're trying to encourage one another. <laughs> Uh, is it Paul Tripp? He actually has a book uh, on marriage when it's titled "When Sinners Say I Do," yep. or is that, that uh, that's Harvey, right? That's, that's oh, Harvey. that's Harvey. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But Tripp has, uh, a book Tripp is, has what did you expect? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes <laughs> the yes. same kind of theme, you know, reminding you yep. that uh, you know we are sinners together, and uh, and that. But ultimately, you know, back to this text, it is it is it is Christ that you know that. You know, we can never outgrow or we can never move beyond the central message of our faith, which is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We don't need a whole lot more than that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the temptation is that we want to actually turn to human wisdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, that the subplot is our lives are messy. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you get out of that mess? Paul is saying you come to the cross. Yeah. You come to Jesus Christ. Our temptation is to say, well, let me figure this out. Yeah. Let me troubleshoot this. Let me think of a, a of some plan, program, idea that can fix the, the messiness of my life. Yeah, if so, you go to Amazon in the book section and just type in self-help. 12 steps you, to something. <laughs> you're going to end up with over 100,000 different books there, you know, and all the, you know, all the self-help books, seminars, video yeah. Audio, you know, I mean, all that, you know, Paul's saying, forget that and come back to the only person and message that matters. I like how, I mean, that's where he starts. You know, he didn't come with eloquence of speech or wisdom, 
but he came with the testimony of God. And I think that's one thing we tend to, maybe we lose sight of, you know, this message that we, as pastors, we proclaim week to week, but as Christians that we believe, that we hold to, it's not devised by man. It's not something made up by man. This is God's testimony. It's his word. And uh, we need to start there. Yeah, the desire to have your faith resting in the wisdom of God and in His power, not your own. Um, that that's that's the whole presentation of our message. If I didn't have God's Word to preach on Sunday, I would have nothing to say. Right. And I think we have to be careful that we don't look take this text and make it say something that it shouldn't say. So when it, when Paul says that I I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified, you have to understand that that's not saying that every week you have to talk about the crucifixion. That's not Paul's point. Paul's point is that every week you should be talking about the person and work of Jesus Christ. Right, Right. because his crucifixion encompasses all All that he did. Like his life leading up to it, the actual act. Then his glory, ascension, and his glorification, resurrection, yeah. ascension, yeah. all that he Everything, is doing. Because he yes. is the Christ. Yes, and he's not arguing against making that message as compelling as possible. That's right. Um, sure. You know, he's not arguing against that. And he's, you know, if you read Paul, you know that he's going to be talking about other things. Um, you know, he's going he's to reference the birth of Christ. He's going to, you know, speak of the ascension of Christ. He's going to more thing and the resurrection, more things than just the cross itself. But as you said, uh, the central thing is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. In the introduction, it talks about the fact that we believe we never graduate from the gospel, right? We never move mm-hmm. beyond it. Later in 1 Corinthians, Paul will say in 15, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, referencing 1 Corinthians 2.2, mm-hmm. in which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, present tense, uh, indicative. That means in mm-hmm. a current state of being saved by that same gospel. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that continually brings redemption, salvation, and encouragement in your life is this uh, Christ and Him crucified. Yeah. And that's one of the aspects of the so what here in this yeah. is in that we, we tend to think, okay, I need the gospel to be saved, yep. but then I, mo- I move on to self-help after that to, right. to keep going. But no, it's from beginning to end, we need we need the gospel. We need it to be saved and we need it to be sanctified. Yeah, we, we tend to, to think, of course I can't save myself, mm-hmm. but I can. Persevere. Yes. And then we, we begin to, to move into this. What I, what I actually think where Jerry Bridges is so helpful, this, this treadmill of, of works where, yeah. where we're living on, in our own righteousness and our own that we, we have to somehow do something to please God and to, to maintain the faith. And the the fact, the reality, the great teaching of the Word of God is that we come into the faith through the person and work of Jesus Christ. We're sustained in the faith by the person and work of Jesus Christ. And the perfecter of our faith yeah. is right. Jesus Paul, Christ. Paul in Colossians in another letter to verse 6 says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Well, how do we receive Christ? By faith. How do we live for him? By faith. Let me, let me just read a quote here. We never get beyond the gospel in our Christian life to something more advanced. The gospel is not the first step in a stairway of truths. Rather, it is more like the hub in a wheel of truth. The gospel is not just the ABCs of Christianity, but it is the A to Z 
of Christianity. The gospel is not just the minimum required doctrine necessary to enter the kingdom, but the way in which we make progress in the kingdom. Oftentimes, as a coach, my athletes want some sort of silver bullet, some novelty, some new next new thing. And I think that sometimes they think I'm just an old curmudgeon. But my line is that really it's the fundamentals perfected that make the athlete. And really, that's the, the reality of the Christian walk. It's the fundamentals, the gospel, honing in on Jesus Christ and, and him crucified, if you will, perfected, that makes all of the difference. That, and, and that's why Bridges would say, you need to preach the gospel to yourself every day. Mm-hmm. Why? Because that's what you need. That's mm-hmm. the fundamental that needs to be perfected. If we go back a few episodes to Matthew 16, it's it's answering the question every single day, who do I believe Christ is? Mm-hmm. Who do I say that Jesus is in this circumstance, in this setting, in this relationship, in this problem? Whatever is confronting and challenging my identity, comfort, or security, who do I believe Jesus to be in this moment and coming mm-hmm. back to his finished work? Part of the reason why we start the year this way is at least in some ways, is because we want to encourage you to go into the Word of God, to have the Word of God be in your hearts and minds all the time, that we want you to see the beauty and glory of Jesus Christ. And the way you do that is you spend time in the Word. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about great texts, but in, in a lot of ways, Every text is a great text. It's a text. great book. It, it is. is. And, and the reason why it's so great is because it brings you to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, our role as pastors is to preach Jesus Christ. Your role as a believer is to know Jesus Christ. And hopefully this series has helped you at least be nudged in that direction to, to come back to God's Word and to be in it and to see the beauty of your Savior. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time. 